This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding, too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your well Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be our Jordan game. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. The Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. We are the B team. We're joined by our special helper producer assistant <laughs> going to be with us, Alice Clarksheen. And of course, as always, Ben's with me. Uh, Busy, busy, busy weekend that we had going on this last weekend, trying to keep up with everything. And I know on Twitter I said we would be doing basketball, but that's because I like to lie to you. We are doing football <laughs> right now. <laughs> so this is going to be the football pod. So maybe tell a friend if they're like, ah, I don't want basketball. And if you're disappointed, well, that's too bad. So, <laughs> uh, otherwise, Dallas, we're really glad to have you with and uh, helping us out here. Hey, not a problem. Love being here. And I, I really... I'm here because I like being lied to by you. That's really the only reason that I'm here. I mean, that's how I got you here is to lie to you. <laughs> exactly. When, when do I get paid again? Uh, it's in the mail. All it's right, definitely deal. in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, I know, um, you know, we had all sorts of crazy stuff going on. My house was a mess this weekend trying to keep up with the games. I had kids going everywhere. And I know, um, Ben, you're you're planning on moving, correct, and, and getting a new house and all that jazz, so that's got to be a mess. We'll see. If anybody's looking for a house in Del Rapids, let me know. i got a nice one for you. But, yeah, so that's been a process. Been having to show the house and stuff. But I was home. I barely got home on Friday night uh, before the football game kicked off and got that on and then put the basketball game on second TV, and it was a great night of Jackrabbit Sports. Humble brag with the two TVs there. Humble oh, brag. Well, it's actually well, like four, isn't it? I mean, the, you got one heck of a setup, man. Yeah, the third TV wasn't necessary, so we just left that one blank. <laughs> yeah, I didn't turn on the 55. Yeah, <laughs> the projector in 72. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, what's it like having that going on? Are you like an owl? With your head turning all around, all around to keep I up sit, going I on. sit far enough back where I don't have to move my head too much. But it was nuts. I mean, uh, you know, just to have two of you know huge games on at the same time, it was hard to keep up with both of them. Um, I was admittedly more focused on the football game because I've been watching basketball games all season, and I just was looking so much forward to that football game and it was such a big game too i mean if it was like an out of conference game i might have focused more on basketball but man that that was a fun game to watch and i mean it was i mean you were kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time because it was it was never you know nobody ever ran away with it by any means right and it was it was fun to watch though because, i mean there was so much uh you know you got gronowski comes out as the starter um that was fun to see and it really felt the whole time while it was a close game it also felt like we were the better team the whole time especially in the first half we really controlled the whole game and then the second half we shot ourselves in the foot a lot um and and a, a really crazy stat it didn't feel like it but um it was brought up by coach Stig is we had 80 yards of penalties 
and two turnovers. We didn't get any two turn any turnovers, so we're minus two in the turnover category and still won the game. Mm-hmm. That is that's nuts to do at a team of you and I's caliber place. And and had nuts. negative yards in the third quarter. Like when that doesn't happen and come back and right. win that. No, I mean it, it was wild. And you know, just talking about it and and I mean we gotta bring it up. Gronowski did not start because anybody was injured. That yeah, that and really slugged me. As I couldn't believe how many times they said he was our third string quarterback, and that yeah, two guards, our first first and second string were injured. It's like well, I, I don't know if they were fed some wrong information, but we'll tell you guys now they they aren't. It sounds like they aren't injured, and Gronowski is the starter, and he's not third string; he's first string. No, and you know Stig uh, on his call today was very, very clear. I, I don't know that I've heard Stig is very confident, loves his guys, and says that over and over again. That's as confident as I've heard him talk about a player that I can remember. I mean, he was just glowing when he was talking about Gronowski. Yeah, I mean, but you look at how he played, and kudos to the team with how tight they kept that under wraps, so people didn't really know. I mean, you had some people throwing crap out on message boards and everything like that. We kind of had an inkling here, but like. That's it. Just those announcers themselves that caught him so off guard that that's all they could guess was, well, he, he must be injured. We have because uh, we don't have we literally have no idea what to say about this guy because he was listed as third on the depth chart. And now my head blew up. But the, the moxie he played with, you know, and I saw some really ridiculous comments on online from some Jacks fans and whatever. And you know who you are if you said it. But um about how they should have pulled him in the third quarter or, oh, he didn't play that well. If, we, if he'd have played better, we'd win by a billion. Well, yeah, sure, probably. But if you look at it and you put his stats up next to Jabori Gibbs' stats against Minnesota, which arguably I would say this UNI defense was better, especially on the defensive line. They were wicked nasty. Um, his stats are almost identical except for one hugely key thing. Um, the moxie that kid had to have that crucial fumble almost identical to what happened in the Minnesota game, except he went, came out, kept his head up and ran it down the field and scored a touchdown in the most perfect four minute drill I've ever seen in the four minute offense. Yeah. We got it with six minutes left, but you call that the four minutes offense where you drag out as much time as you can and try to march it down the field. So there's no time left. And that was some of the most perfect execution I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that the game kind of sped up for him in that third quarter, you know, and, and you know, if you were going to criticize him, I think that's where it would be, is that he started mm-hmm. to kind of rocket some balls and he was making super quick reads. And and part of that is the UNI defense started to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, credit to our old line, they were looking really good in the first half, started to give up a little mm-hmm. pressure in the third quarter. Um, and at that time, you could tell that Gronowski started to, the game just sped up for him and that, I mean, but that's to be expected. He's a true freshman starting against a very, very good UNI football team. I don't think, you know, I think probably casual SDSU fans don't realize how good that UNI team is. Right. You just see it as UNI and that's who we're playing, especially this spring. I mean, the football season kind of almost crept up. Well, it did creep up on us and Mm -hmm. we're supposed to pay attention to this. But, yeah, I mean, and they, they had some departures and stuff, but they're deep just like we are. I mean, they, they just reload and keep going, and they had a returning quarterback. They got some all-stars on defense. I mean, that's a very, very good team we beat in their house. 
Right. And, you know, watching Grinnell's going back to him, I guess. I mean, how do you not talk about the kid as a freshman? You know, um, he, there's a lot of things he can improve on. He could have better touch on some of his short throws. His deep ball accuracy wasn't the best, but looking at him and this isn't, I'm not trying to talk bad about um, Jabori or about Heidi or anything like that, but he has more potential to stretch the field than Heidi does. And then, compared to Gibbs, he has um, a little bit more um, aggressiveness about it when he runs. When you watched him run, it was not like watching a quarterback run like, at all. Um, that block he threw downfield, normally when you see a block by a quarterback, even if it's the NFL and people are just – and the announcer's just going nuts, oh, look at the block he threw. It's a quarterback throwing himself at a guy's legs and probably just sort of making him make a sidestep. That first – long run that Pierre Strong had, he blocked a guy for 10, 15 yards, like legitimately blocked this guy like he was a tight end blocking oh, yeah. him downfield. That was just that sort of a leadership and moxie. I mean, it it that is something with the talent he has that you can really build off of into something special. No doubt. I mean there were there were a few times when he was running the ball, I was like Okay, you, you proved yourself. <laughs> Don't do that. You're the get down, young man. Like these are <laughs> these are some big boys you're taking hits from, um, because you know we we've had enough quarterback injuries for a while right. now. We don't we don't need another one. So you know I think he'll probably in the film. I'm guessing they'll say, okay, that's a good run, but let's protect ourselves a little bit. Um, so I mean you'll you'll probably see that change in him. But I think the the point is he's got that attitude. That like, and the nice thing is that he'll have it when he want when he needs it. And you know, say it's a crucial fourth down, and we need two more yards, he's gonna go get them. I mean, you can tell he's he's that kind of guy that you know he's a gamer. He he'll he'll do what it takes to get his team the victory. And and so it's yeah, it's awesome to see in a in a real young guy like that. And I mean, you couldn't tell if you would have just tuned into the game, you wouldn't have known that that was a true freshman. No, you wouldn't have. He has the it factor or whatever, Mm -hmm. but what also really helps is when you have a Pierre strong junior in your backfield, the best running back in the game. And I think he went out and proved that not just that game. I mean, in the FCS 150 all purpose yards, 91 rushing yards guy did it all. And there was a couple of plays where he just made everything happen himself as Kyle and Matt have talked about during their pod. I mean, that nose tackle that we were trying to block was a handful and he blew up a lot of plays and there was some he blew up that Pierre just made happen anyways, because he's a freak. Yeah. Uh, he's a, the player of the week, the Missouri Valley. Um, nice honor there. And yeah, I mean, I think, it's awesome to have him have him back and it looked like he was uh, outside of a shoe falling off. He was a hundred percent. Hopefully if we play any more turf, we can get that. Well, we're going to play on turf this weekend. So hopefully we can yeah. get that figured out. But uh, outside of that, man, he looked, he looked really good. And uh, I, yeah, I'm excited to see just how many yards he racks up this season. Cause I think, I mean, again, that was a very, very tough UNI defense and he still yeah. did what he did. And so he's going to have games where he racks up 250 yards easy. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just going to be fun to watch, especially, you know, I I think we saw in the, in, 
the game against, again, a very good defensive line, you know, they held their own and they had to with a freshman quarterback and they, they did a great job giving him enough time. Um, yep. And so, you know, that's only going to, it'll, it'll bode well as we move on to other teams that, you know, I would think are lesser. I mean, outside of, outside of NDSU, I think it's fair to say that that was our toughest challenge of the regular season. At least up front, you know, I mean, it is, <clears throat> it is the first game of the season. You don't really know until you know, right. I mean, mm-hmm. that game, I mean, you and I could end up being the easiest game we had. And we just look, you know, not good, but that's true. I mean, I think we, I think you can look at that game though. And you could tell those were two good teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at it, the, the real, um, the, the thing that really won the game was special teams in the defense, because, the offense really did play poorly in the second half and for them to play um, in the manner they did and step up when they were put in some really tough spots by the two turnovers. I mean, they were just lights out. They, they allowed one yard a carry average, which is that's, that's insane. I guarantee you, even if you and I is awful at running the ball, they will end up averaging more than one yard per carry at the end of the season. Nobody averages a one yard a carry. None. Yeah, I would I would venture to bet that they're not bad at running the ball. We just have a very good defense. Um, and the way we were shuffling D linemen in and out of there, you could tell they were fresh and they were just getting after McIlvain. I mean, he's the type of guy you can't you can't give him time. You right. you need to make him run for his life, and he was basically the whole game. He barely had time to throw any anything back there. And I mean, he got started getting into a little bit of a rhythm in the third quarter, um, but they were doing quick throws and getting the ball out. Um, but yeah, I mean, between our D line staying fresh, uh, the linebacker linebacking crew. I mean, we saw some new faces out there that look like they're going to be very good football players. So I mean, it's you know we talked about in the first pod how the the expectations for this defense are super high. And I think they they met those, um, especially with the challenge of dealing with, you know, those two turnovers. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's it's going to be exciting to, to see what they can do the rest of the season, because I think they're going to be they're going to they're going to cause some problems for for the teams we play. Yeah. And, you know, the beauty of it is the, <clears throat> the secondary, they had some iffy penalties that they shouldn't have done just they were in position if they turn their head around they probably have a pick Mm -hmm. um so it feels like the secondary needs a little bit of time to come around not that they're not talented they're in position it's just small things and getting coached up getting used to playing that sort of thing and you know we've seen that in the past be successful up north where their secondary is seen suspect but the problem is you can't take advantage of it because the d-line and the linebackers are so goddamn good they're just in your face right away and that's what this defense looks like right now. They're just so good at being in your face. Oh yeah. Right away. I mean, McElveen's just really hard to get a sack on because mm-hmm. he's a little water bug back there and he can run around and extend plays for so long. But when he's rushed, he also has a really good time having a lot of completions like any other quarterback. And that defensive pressure really played a huge part, whether there was a, there wasn't a ton of sacks but there was a ton of pressure. Yeah. And, you know, there was one, you know, I think we're used to like, especially when Roseboom was out there, you'd, you know, you'd see him get like 10 tackles a game. And I thought that Backus would do that, 
but I think with the strength of our defense and the, as many guys as we were shuffling in and out, um, we had 18 players had at least one tackle. And I, for, for those that aren't aware of the football game, there's only 11 guys on the field at once. And so uh, we were, I mean, that just shows how many guys we were shuffling in and out of there and nobody had more than five. So, I mean, uh, for as as many tackles as we had for nobody to have more than five, I mean, that's just impressive to have that many playmakers out on the field and not have to rely on, you know, one guy like a Roseboom flying around the field making all the tackles. You've got a lot of guys out there that are that, you know, can do it on their own. Yeah, and I mean, the linebacking crew with as young and as worried as you were about it, um, the, the they've really balled out, man. They were those guys were streaks of lightning all over the field, making huge plays. Logan and Tetzlaff making huge plays behind the line of scrimmage when we really needed it on some short third and shorts, things like that. It, it's, that defense is just a blast to watch. I mean, I've, yeah. I, it's, they're good enough that I think the rest of the season, if we're sitting with a seven-point lead, you're not going to be sitting there going, oh, I hope we can hold on to it. <laughs> right. Going, all right, offense, let's get it going. I mean, we don't need to make them hold this all game. That's kind <laughs> of the feeling I think we'll get, and it'll be nice to, especially when we have a running back like Pierre and and then the guys behind him, Isaiah and um, Meacham, to be able to get to the point where you're up by a touchdown, just hammer them with those guys for the rest of the game until mm-hmm. the, you end up just start gashing them because they wear out because they can't get anything going on offense. Right. And I was excited to see, you know, back, back on the offensive side of the ball, the uh, variety, I think that we came out with in in terms of plays. I mean, there were some, there were some concepts that we were running that I hadn't seen SDSU run, run those real often, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of spreading the ball out a little more. I mean, we did, we have seen that um, more and more in the recent years, but especially with a freshman quarterback to come out and do some of that stuff that uh, it was, it was real impressive to see that we're continuing to evolve on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that'll make us really tough to defend. Um, you know, when you got, especially as our receivers start to develop a little, um, you know, that that's one area that I think that we're going to need to see how it, how it comes. Um, you know, you've got, uh, Yankee and I think Hines are kind of the staples, um, mm-hmm. but the other Yankee and um, Bauer are going to have to step up because um, I, you know, I, it's just if if you can start to get three or four receiving threats out there along with Strong and the other and, and Davis and Meacham, it's just we're going to be really hard to stop. Yeah, and you know I think a little bit of that too is um, Gronowski just getting a little bit better at the deep ball. You know, I mean, he did miss one to um, Jackson earlier, early in the game and didn't really feel like we took a lot of shots after that. I did love the play calling, though, like just I mean, from the start with how they opened it up with an easy pass play to get the confidence going for the young kid. And then a lot of the plays, they kind of built up from there. But then, like you mm-hmm. said, the different the different combinations of plays and formations that they were using and that shows a lot of confidence that they did have in him back there. Cause you're not going to throw in some of that stuff. If you don't think the kid can do it, look at what Youngstown state that they just did read option every play. Yeah. But um, <laughs> sorry, that's later in the pod. I'm jumping ahead. Huh. But, no, I really, uh, it, it was a lot of fun to watch that game. Um, the second half was kind of really frustrating. 
um, obviously, just from an offensive standpoint to watch and to watch the comeback. But um, there's a lot of years where that comeback wouldn't have happened on that last drive in a place like the UNI Dome. They're just, there's, it's just kind of been the way it's happened, or at least that's the way it feels it has happened after mm-hmm. I haven't watched enough, you know. And probably because we're just bitter fans, sometimes you just get the bad ones stuck in your head. But that was that was really something to do on the road, no doubt. And uh, you know, like you were talking about that that end of the end of the game drive. Um, you know, one thing that uh, I kind of noted during the game was when we got that big play to Hines and we got it down to the three yard line, and there was about. I think there was still like almost two minutes left. I think it was over two minutes left when we did that play. Uh-huh. And you and I was sitting there with two timeouts. And I just thought, you know, I was like, well, you and I is going to take their timeouts to make sure they have enough time after we score. Because, uh-huh. I mean, we're at the three-yard line. you got to assume we're probably going to punch it in. Exactly. But for some reason, Farley did not call timeouts. Um, yeah, opinion on the fourth and goal we got a we got a question i love it that's, um, that's what we're talking about we'll, <laughs> uh we'll we'll address that shortly but uh i just i thought that was really interesting that and and credit to stig like he was like fine you want to waste the time I'll, I'll let it run down to zero on the play clock and we'll call a timeout and then we'll right. talk about it and and we scored a touchdown with 19 seconds to go Yep. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, they still had two timeouts, but you only got 19 seconds to work with at that point. Um, right. In the college game with with uh, the first down, giving you uh, essentially a timeout, you know, with the, with the clock stopping until the chains move, you know, usually you don't need a bunch of timeouts to, to no. orchestrate an end of the end of the game drive. So I think that was a mistake on Farley's part. I bet he regrets it. Um, it was It was just kind of an interesting move and, it just, I, I would have been angry if I was a UNI fan at that point. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been furious because, um, you know, and Stig did mention in the call a little bit, and he said, you know, I, I know that they had stopped us on the fourth and goal earlier a couple times, so he probably had a lot of confidence that they were going to stop us and maybe we'd just tie it up. But he said he would have called a timeout, and from where I'm sitting, you call a timeout because even if they kick the field goal, even if we kick the field goal and tie the game, you still have time to drive down and – and win the game of the field goal in that case. So what are you saving those timeouts for? Do they give you like, does he get to turn in timeouts at a local bakery or something and he gets some baked goods or, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, it, it made zero sense to me. I don't understand it, but you know, sometimes these coaches, I mean, Farley has been doing that for been coaching for uh, I damn near longer than I've been born, I think, but I mean, sometimes they just have bonehead decisions at the end of games with clock management. I can imagine. I remember many a time we're being frustrated by really good coaches who we've had. It happens. It just we've happens. Had, yeah, we've had issues with that ourselves at SDSU. So I mean, uh, to be fair, it's plausible he was just kind of in shock that all of a sudden we hit that play, which was such a cool play. That fake mm-hmm. little screen. And then Heinz turned up the field, and that corner was just screwed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could see the brown running down the back of his legs from when he crapped his <laughs> pants and realized he was running guard in the wrong route. And there's a whole streak that formed a UNI logo in the middle of that field. <laughs> but, no, um, Ryan, 
on that on, on that fourth and goal in the first half that failed. Um, I guess I'll I'll let you answer that first, Ben. How did you feel about going for it on that fourth fourth goal fourth with a fourth and goal? I I like the call. You know, I, I like being aggressive, uh, especially against a defense like that where you don't know how many times you're going to get down to the goal line. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah. I, I I like the aggressive call. Um, if I'm if I remember right, I think we did like two or three runs in a row. Um, and it, I, I do think that Pierre sometimes, I mean, he's a great back, but if there's yep. any, if there's anything that where you could criticize him, it would be that in short yardage, he needs to just put his head down and go. Mm-hmm. And he tries to, sometimes he tries to dance a little bit. And I think we saw that a little bit on that failed one where he kind of tried to look for the hole. Whereas, you know, it was a, it was like a yard or even half a yard. And, you know, you just got to put your head down and bowl through there. And, and that's where, you know, we, we miss a guy like Mikey Daniel, you -hmm. know, we would have probably had him in there on that play. Um, And I think that as Isaiah Davis kind of gets going a little more, I think, and if we can trust him, I think we'll see him on there in there on short yardage situations. Cause you know, at some point it's just not, it's not Strong's forte. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not his strength um, is short yardage running. You know, he's more of the, the gashia for bigger gains. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my take on it anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely for the call uh, myself. I think um, Stick has definitely started to become more aggressive when it comes to things like that. And personally, I love it because there has been games where being too conservative hasn't worked out for us. I mean, and and he's. I think he's started to become more aggressive going back to the, what was it? 2016 marker game where we went for it like six times on fourth down. Yeah. And, and you know, so um, either, either I'm he's becoming it. more, either he's becoming more aggressive or he's letting go of those decisions a little more because I think he right. would rather himself. I think he would rather not be aggressive, but I think he's realized that he needs to let his guys make those decisions. Cause I think, you know, I think we got guys like Eck making that decision, saying, "Hey, we're going for it." And so, Eck's definitely the aggressive guy. For yeah, sure. you know, yeah, you, and you know, at least he's pushing for it. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, I'd say maybe do. Uh, I don't. You've done two plays or three runs like that. Uh, could you nitpick the play a little bit? I mean, if you wanted to be really gutsy, a naked boot off of a play action to Strong would have just probably killed him because everybody's diving at him real hard. But you got to go with your horse that brought you down there. So mm-hmm. I can't really disagree with the play call that much. You know, he's an All-American for a reason. You put the ball in his hands to make it happen. And guess yep. what? It didn't work out, and we've got a great defense. So they got exactly nowhere if it wasn't for a defensive penalty, if I remember correctly. So, yep. I mean – they, that was like the only yardage they got on that deal. So, yep. Yeah. I don't know. And you can only second guess so many decisions in a game. No, I agree. It's more fun when so, you win and you can do it to the other coach. Exactly. Overall, great game. It was fun to watch. Um, a lot of great things to come out of it and obviously things to improve on. But um, again, you know, recapping it, just a huge win against a very good, highly ranked team in their facility. I mean, uh, uh, how much more could you ask for to start off the season? Exactly. A big win for us in the Jacks this weekend. Um, in the picks, however, I had a big loss. 
Yeah, well, I definitely went one and two. I because when we only have three picks, it's easier for me to remember. It is, it is. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, if, if you've listened to our podcast in the past, you would know that um, this segment is called Fade Brendan Get Rich, and you certainly would have. You went one and two. Um, if you go, if you fade him, you go two and one, and you're making yourself some money. Or if you follow me, I went, I went two and one. Um, and so I'm already one pick up on him, which is not surprising because when he has to pick against a spread instead of straight up, he just can't do it. <laughs> so I'm terrible uh, against the spread. I'm so bad that I'm good. Right, exactly. So we both hit the SDSU game. Uh, we both had a swing and a miss on the UND game, however. Um, yeah. That was that was another a big game, you know. Southern Illinois was sitting at number sixteen in the preseason poll, and they've got some pretty high expectations this year. Um, and UND took it to them. I mean they they won forty four to twenty one. Yeah, um, a game did surprise me uh, quite a bit. I went and watched it obviously because we're going to be playing UND um, and whatnot, and just. It was kind of a weird game in the sense that I don't know if the turf just makes people look that fast or both of those teams are the fastest teams in the galaxy. Like they look faster than NFL teams. If you watch that game over, they're like lightning fast. But yeah, um, the quarterback got hurt for Southern Illinois and that definitely did not help at all. So um, then I think their second string quarterback for Southern Illinois also got hurt and they ended up having five turnovers. Three of them were fumbles. Two of them were interceptions. You're never going to have five turnovers and get none yourself in somebody else's barn and win that game. It's just not going to happen. And to be honest with you, UND looked like a team who's been told by all the people around from Fargo and up here who are NDSU fans and Valley fans have told them you're going to get your shit kicked in forever in the Valley because you're a big fluffy team. And they look pissed <laughs> all game. They look pissed yeah. and they took it out on Southern Illinois and it's not Southern Illinois fault. They should wait and take it out on NDSU like any good American does instead of taking it out on the poor dogs. They just beat a dog, which is, I mean, <laughs> that's a human rights violation, dog rights violation, whatever. Michael Vick went to prison for it. Okay. <laughs> but no, they, they beat the hell out of them. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're small, but they're quick. And that defense is flying all over the place. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about UND a little bit later. Um, let's take a question from somebody that's watching us. Robert Drake. Thanks for the question with a lack of experience at wide receivers. Do you think we'll use a tight end in the slot? Um, that's a good question. You know, I would think that that'd be an option. However, with the, you may see um, uh, the name. I'm spacing on the name right now, but after Kraft got injured, uh, he came in and made that unreal catch. Oh God, the the, the two finger catch for his first catch of the year. That was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. That looked freaky. Like it, it was. I don't know how he brought it in. Like physics. I don't know, uh, I don't know we, what he put. He puts on his gloves, but he needs to do it all the time. Yeah, and we need I to. Also, don't know how he puts down water bottles after he drops them. I'd like to send that to uh, like some SDSU physics professors and ask them to explain to me how that worked because it looked like it defied the laws of physics, honestly. Yeah. 
Anyway, Dallas, I bet, is looking it up right now. He's going to help us out and figure out the name of the tight end that I was talking about. But he did seem like he was, uh, you know, in that Morgan. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, he he seemed like he was a he was a tight end that um, was a little quicker, you know, than like a big guy like um, Heinz or Kraft. Um, that you, we could see some utilization of him in the slot, especially if he's going to be making catches like that. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, to see how that develops. Well, and with Hines, I could see him motioning him out into a slot position on like the goal line or something like that. And basically having him go and boxing out a corner cause he's a monster. That's so, very true. You we know, did see, that, a, we did see a lot of that. Made. So I could definitely see that happening. Do I see it happening on a regular basis? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. If we didn't have as many injured tight ends as we do right now, as we got two down with injury you know, then maybe it'd be more likely. Yeah, that was too bad to see, especially, you know, Kraft looked like, you know, he's such a, a weapon with how tall he is and how long he is. And he got injured pretty early in the game. Didn't see him come back. So we'll have to see uh, how extensive that injury is. But um, it was awesome to have Heinz back. I mean, he clearly is a weapon. Um, yep. And I think I think he'll continue to develop. Back to our picks. So we recapped UND, whooped SIU, and then um, NDSU. Let's discuss that game against Youngstown State. So Youngstown State um, has a new coach. Uh, They lost a bunch of guys. I mean, and so, you know, the way you described them last week, it sounded like they were basically a dumpster fire. Um, And so I was right. uh, you, You still think you stand by that? I 100% stand by it. I watched that game. That was uh, – uh, I don't know how NDSU didn't win by a million um, because their their coaching staff apparently only knows how to call read option, which is super unfortunate for them because their quarterbacks don't know how to read the option, and that is a major flaw if you're running the read option. You need to know how to read the goddamn option. Played I option couldn't believe – high school, and it was terrible. I was so mad. I watched the first part of that game and I could not believe how many times maybe they were running an option, but they just kept handing the ball off and they just kept getting stuffed. Well, you know, the the thing about uh, an option is is you purposely don't block a guy, right? And then you read where he's going. Well, if you give the ball to the guy that he's going to and nobody's (laughs) blocking him, he stuffs it because there's nobody blocking him. It's yeah. oh god, and they, Which, they didn't throw a pass until like the second half. Yeah, I thought I was watching the Citadel out there, except like a really shit version of it. <laughs> I, I had to check my drink to make sure I wasn't hammered because that was just that was brutal. And then their offensive line was confused, and that their defense eventually got kind of tired. I mean, they got gashed in the run, but through some miracle of God, they only gave up twenty five points. Right. Was, and so I, I think I that looking is, out for your pick is what that, that yeah, that's true. So NDSU did win, but they only won 25 to seven. The spread in that one was 22 and a half. So they did not cover. Uh, I was right. Uh, Brendan was wrong. Yeah. Which was surprises wrong. no one. I was but half right. I think the, the headline out of that one is the, that how incompetent Youngstown state was and how NDSU really wasn't able to capitalize on it a whole lot. I mean, yeah. in in the past, you know, with NDSU's dominant teams, they're scoring 45, 50 points on, on a team like that that is just struggle, struggling. 
and they only scored 25 this game. Yeah, and, you know, looking at this NDSU team from that game, and, you know, it's the first game that anybody's played in, you know, 400 and some days, which does bring up the chance for more soft tissue injuries, which I think was the only thing that the UNI announcers brought up that was a actual point was you haven't played any games for that long. Your body really gets out of game shape. Um, so imagine if it awaited till the fall, that would be an extra, what, 100 days on top of it. That could have been bad. But, um, you know, the, I, some of it could be they were really rusty. Um, some of it could have been that they saw, hey, we've got their offenses absolutely incompetent. We don't have to really try anything to give anything up on film. But then they ran a reverse, so I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just talking into a mic, I guess. But, uh they yeah i don't know they're like the they're not like their prior teams that were really good like from 2016 to 2019 they're like the championship teams from like 2012 2013 where the quarterback play was all right but they weren't like gonna gash it through the air they were just gonna hammer with the run hammer with the run hammer with the run and then just really lean on that defense to stop you Mm mm-hmm that's really what it felt like this in that game. Is, am I right on that? I don't know. It's the first game of the season. I have no idea. No, yeah, and it's it's hard to tell, you know, if they were easing Noland into it. But I mean, he he threw the ball eighteen times. I think it was eighteen times, and or no, it was fourteen. Something. Anyway, he was fifty percent, which right. isn't great, and he only had like seventy-four yards passing. It was um, like nine to eighteen or nine to nineteen, something like that. Uh, and so he didn't do great. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously they're running the balls, their MO. Um, another headline from this game is that Seth Wilson got severely injured. Um, and will be out for the bad. Yeah, that was brutal. He'll be out for the rest of the season. It sounds like, so that's too bad. Hopefully it doesn't mess up his fall season, but it might. Um, and so that's too bad. Um, and so that'll affect them going forward. But they do have a – I mean, they've always got a stable running back, so they'll be able to rely on. But that's a big blow. I mean, he was a, he's a playmaker for them, that's for sure. Well, that actually makes them fairly thin at running back because they lost one or two running backs to transfer as well. So that does make them a little bit thin. Like, they're not out of running backs or anything by that stretch of the imagination. They got three or four left. But um, that was a big blow. I mean, he was supposed to be the guy for him this year, and – you know, some people go, oh, that's stupid spring season. Like, I don't know. You can take a you can take a tackle to the side of the knee if it's the fall as well. I'm pretty right. sure I've seen that happen. So, right. you know, well, now he's going to miss two seasons. Well, is he really? Because if he didn't play and then it happened in the fall, then he missed two seasons. So what's the difference, you know? Yeah. But so, well, it sucks. as far as Nolan goes, we'll have to watch going forward. But there is a chance that they finally – might not have like an NFL NFL draft worthy quarterback uh, at the helm. For the first time in since whenever Wentz years? started. Wentz started yeah. for two years. Stick started for four years. This would and then Trey Lance. So first time in seven years. Yeah, that they didn't have so a quarterback starting. It was about like the stupid Packers looking forward to the day when they have to um, suffer through a bad quarterback like every other team in the NFL does every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward, looking forward to watching NDSU suffer through. Hopefully, not at least an NFL co- caliber quarterback would be nice. 
So yeah. we'll, we'll have to see how that develops. Well, and the interesting thing to me, that's going to be a storyline I know for myself going into the marker game is we were both in on trying to get Nolan back when um, he's very true transfer. So now it's going to be, are we happy? We don't have him. Yeah. That, that we do, you exactly. know, so that's going to be kind of fun to talk about going, going into that game. Yeah, definitely. Well, that recaps our picks for the week and the Missouri Valley action for the week. Uh, let's look at Dallas. If you want to throw up the rankings, the we're going to use the stats rankings. Hero didn't they? We use heroes the first week. They didn't put out an update this week, so we'll use stats. Um, we moved up to. I think we were previously number five on their poll. Yeah, moved up. Moved up to number three. Yeah, there it is. Dallas has it up on the screen. If you're watching. Um, and we're only 82 votes behind or 82 points behind North Dakota state. Didn't get any first place votes, but you know, it's the, it's not that big of a gap between, between us and number one. Yeah. You know, um, obviously NDSU is going to get all the first place votes until they lose a game and Mm -hmm. then they'll lose a ton of votes because that's kind of how it works. Everybody wants them to lose, but, and are looking forward to it chance to drop them from the rankings but i mean it's going to be so hard to move around in these rankings this year because james madison's not going to play anybody this year they're not playing anybody they're just not Mm -hmm. they're they're playing the the bad teams in the caa and they're going to have all of four games um weaver state's only playing big sky teams we're only playing missouri valley teams we think the missouri valley is really good this year because it's usually really good and it seems to be even better but we're not going to have any out of conference to prove it. So these rankings are going to be fun to talk about, but we're not going to know what they're worth until the playoffs. So, yeah. I mean, half, I mean, look at all these teams that didn't play. Uh, Villanova didn't play. Illinois state didn't play. Weber state didn't play. Albany didn't play Eastern Washington. None of the big sky, none of the CAA um, Missouri state is a bunch of chickens and just pissed their pants and ran away from Illinois state. Um, the Southland didn't play Monmouth. Was that too, too direct? Was I too direct on that? Uh, not enough. Bobby, I don't think Bobby Petrino, you freaking Sally running away from box rocks back. Like you pissed off Mike Ditka in a diner. <laughs> yeah. I, that is unreal that they didn't play because I think what was it? They, they hosted something else the same they, they hosted bradley who i go if anybody follows me on twitter you saw me throw a shit fit for a little bit there because they played bradley instead of illinois state and you want to know what the difference is in travel from bradley and illinois state down to springfield missouri nothing it is hmm. the exact same distance they're like 10 miles apart. And apparently somehow Google maps gives you almost identical directions. And like they were to the mile, the same travel. They were able to play a men's soccer game, but not on, football game. on the same field that they would have played football. And then Petrino posted a picture of them pl- practicing on that field. From what I heard, like a video or something there, the, the Missouri state head coach posted a video or of them practicing in that weather, but apparently they couldn't play a game in it. Yeah, that was such a farce. So that was a weird deal. Um, But yeah, like you said, you know, it's interesting, you know, Illinois State, they moved up two spots, but they didn't play. Right. Um, And so, yeah, that'll the standings are going to be weird this year because inevitably there'll be some games that don't get played. 
um, you know, it'll be just like the basketball standings are where you're going to, you know, you're going to have to look at win percentage or something like that instead. But yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's the updated standings. Um, you and I dropped to number five after losing to us from three. Um, not too much notable. I guess North Dakota, UND did jump up to number 14. That's pretty notable. Um, mm-hmm. they, were, they were not ranked before this poll. Southern Illinois dropped out, so they kind of swapped there. Um, and so that'll be, you know, it'll be a number three versus number 14 matchup coming up this weekend. Yep. Um, it just dawned on to me as why this is random, but why Hero Sports didn't come out with their poll this week. It's ran by Brian McLaughlin and Sam Herter. Um, Brian had his mother-in-law pass away and the funeral was on Saturday. Mm. So obviously he wasn't watching much football. So I'm sure um, him and Sam decided not to really put out the poll because he didn't have his norm any amount of time to really put in to what they normally produce. So I'm guessing he just leaned heavily on Sam for his stats yep. ranking, but yep. so they definitely get a pass on that one for me. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep looking to see if they update it going forward. Um, and so, yeah, another interesting thing that we need to talk about is the fact, you know, we, we touched on that there's a reduced playoff field um, in our first podcast. And I guess, you know, it, it's really interesting when you when you look at you know the, the teams that are ranked in the top 25 mm-hmm. and there are a couple conferences that don't even have a team in the top 25 but they're going to get playoff bids and so the number of at large bids is, is uh, remind me how many there are six there's six because the miac bowed out of play in the spring okay so there are six at large bids and so there very well could be a top, I don't know, 12 ranked, top 10, top top 10 for sure, top yeah, 12 for sure ranked team. That's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Which is crazy for FCS football since, you know, we're, we're used to a pretty large field and, and having teams like that be represented in the, in the playoffs. Well, yeah. And the wild thing is, is it used to be a 16 team field, but there was less auto bids at the time. Mm-hmm. The Pioneer didn't have an auto bid. The NEC didn't have an auto bid. The Big South didn't have an auto bid. Uh, the I don't think the MIAC or the SWAC did. They might have. But anyways, there was less. So there was still more out of conference or at large bids available. And now this year you've got 10 teams. And honestly, there's probably going to be three or four of those auto bids that are not in the top 25, which normally when that happens, it's not a huge deal because you're going to round out the next 10 to 12 teams through the at-large bids and they're going to get taken care of. And it's not going to be a huge issue to have happen. But this year, I think we're all going to have to just bite our tongues a little bit and be happy we have football um, when the time comes. And I mean, even Stig's been talking about it during his phone calls, how, there, he's been talking about it. There's going to be top 15, top 10 teams left at home with all these, with how the playoffs are structured. Just, I think, getting people ready for the idea. And that's why it's so important to win the game like we did last week. I mean, that might be a, that, that drive might be the one that got us to the playoffs. And Certainly. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it last week, how just how big that game was, which is so weird having the first game of the season be that huge. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, I mean, uh, and I think I saw it was Sam Herter put out. He's like, 
you and I, you know, they get one more loss and they're on the bubble and they still have to play NDSU. And so if they lose to NDSU, they could win the rest of their games and still not make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Have you're going to be playing Illinois state. Um, you know, you're going to be playing, uh, North Dakota who appears to be pretty good. Um, you know, some other really good teams outside of NDSU. It's not a given that you walk into that NDSU game with only one loss after facing us. So like now they are on a razor's edge because if you lose one more game, you put yourself in the position of having to beat NDSU. And until NDSU proves they're not NDSU this year, that is not a razor wire you want to be walking down. Fortunately for them, they get NDSU at home. Right. And the crazy part is it's their last game of the regular season. So that yeah. might be interesting. If, if you and I is in a, uh, a fight or die situation where they have to win to make the playoffs, that'll be a fun game to watch. Well, and they're notoriously nasty to play if they're in that position. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the best with their backs against the wall. Farley, oh, yeah. I swear to God, he almost does it on purpose because yeah. he knows that's how they play their best. They're probably yeah. glad they lost because now they're going to probably win the rest of their games because that's just what they do. Right. And if I'm an NDSU fan, like I don't love that schedule setup at all because they play <laughs> us. They play us first. Right. And that's always such a physical game that both teams tend to have a letdown after that game. I would much rather face USD than at home than be on the road at UNI after that slugfest and then have to play that defensive line down in Cedar Rapids. That. That could be really interesting, especially if NDSU happens to stub their toe. You know, like say something freaky happens this weekend and Southern Illinois has their normal offense comes back and manages to win a shootout like 35-32 because stupid things happen and it's the spring. Mm-hmm. Now you're NDSU having to look at that last two road game stretch and it's a very real possibility of three loss of ending up with three losses if you've already dropped one going into that road trip. And yeah, so they that'd be fun. Their last two games is against at, us at home, the Dakota Marker game on April third, and then they have to go to UNI to finish their yep. season. So I mean, that's yeah, that's a nasty two game stretch to end your season with. And like you said, you know, if they happen to slip up before those two games, you know, they could be in trouble too. Who knows? We'll see. So let's move on to this weekend's Missouri Valley games. We're going to pick those uh, just like we did last weekend. Uh, The first one on the board, we've got Northern Iowa trying to rebound going to Youngstown State. And Northern Iowa is favored by five. Ooh. You know, it's almost like these Vegas guys know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... I just don't see Youngstown State's offense doing anything against this UNI defense either. I just don't, especially that defensive line. And I think UNI's offense is going to be able to move the ball better, especially than they did against us. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Youngstown. That could be a deciding factor. If they get lake effect snow during that game, then that's a throw it out the window. Let's see what happens during a foot worth of snow that could be dropped on that area. But I think I'll go with you and I in that game. I will too. I think they'll rebound. I think they're going to be mad after, uh, you know, they probably see it as giving away the game to us, having that late lead. Um, And, you know, I think Youngstown State is, um, Dallas just told us it's going to be 53 and rainy in Youngstown. 
Um, so that could affect the game, but I think this line's too small. I expected it uh, over a touchdown, so I'll gladly take uh, a five-point spread there with you and I, you and I winning. Yeah, I mean that's a. Uh, I think uh, you and I will be able to throw in the rain. Fifty-three, really, Dallas. You are clutch back there, by the way. Uh, right. God, Lee, just bailing water for us. We sound way less stupid when he's earning earning that huge paycheck that's on the, in the mail. It's definitely in the mail. It's a it's a gift card to Culver's. So you're welcome. <laughs> Get yourself a nice mixer, concrete mixer, some frozen custard. Tell well, your folks I says hi. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, go go to concrete mixer flavor. I gotta ask. Ooh, uh, I always go with uh, cherry and uh, cherry and chocolate. Ooh, okay. I gotta try that out. It's pretty good. That or that or cherry in the fudge. They'll throw that in there too. I mean, I'm just gonna have to see what yours is because I've never had one. What? I never get out. I'm not a get out. I'm Dallas not a big, kick him off. I'm I'm not a I'm big trying to give us a sponsorship guy. right now, is what I'm trying to do. Oh, I love uh banana <laughs> and you no, know, my wife chocolate. loves doing banana pineapple in her. Yeah, me me too. That's what I was gonna say. I, yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I cannot believe you haven't had a Oh my God! You'd be you, no wonder you're a Vikings fan. You'd get kicked out of Wisconsin as soon as you stepped across I've, the border. I've had cheese curds. I've had butter balls. I've just never gone to the ice cream at Culver's. Oh, I'm horrified. What's your favorite, Dallas? Um, I my kids get all chocolate everything all the time. I, I I'm a candy guy. I'd probably go play Kit Kat. I think. <laughs> See, so I live in Del Rapids. We don't have a Culver's in Del Rapids. We have Dairy Queen. And so if we're going for ice cream close to the house, it's usually going to be Dairy Queen. Maybe Dairy Queen wants to sponsor us. Who knows? Yeah, but you go to Brookings, you know, enough for games and things like that. You know what? Here, I got this for you here, buddy. Every year, thousands of podcasters go (laughs) without having a Culver's ice cream sundae or concrete mixer. Just for one simple sponsorship from the Brookings Culver's. We could get this one to try his first concrete mixer and really enjoy some Culver's. So please, think of us. For mere pennies a day, you can get this lonely, sad podcaster into some Culver's Sundays. Yeah, because that's really <laughs> what I need is is uh, <laughs> Culver's, Culver's ice cream in my life. Uh, You're welcome. But no, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait for that free concrete mixer gift card to show up, and I'll try it out, and then I'll tell everybody how awesome it was. Awesome, I like I like that. I I think we need to get together uh, the the drive to Culver's to get Ben to get some get some get some delicious sweet snacks. Maybe don't tell anybody because we're not putting together a tailgate, but. Maybe a bunch of SDSU fans just happened to show up in Culver's parking lot prior to the football game that's hey. going to be next weekend in Brookings. That's and a thought. Maybe we can all share a concrete mixer together, socially distanced and with with face masks. True. I'm 100% sure that this whole segment is frowned upon by the SDSU dairy. SDSU dairy is better than Culver's custard. I have to get that out in the air. Let's clear that up. I've had SDSU dairy many times, and it's very, very good. 
if I had to choose for a sponsorship between one of those two, I would take SDSU Dairy. However, Culver's, I would also take free ice cream from you if you're willing. You're, you're kind of a slut for money here. <laughs> just, just, just anything, anybody, I'll do it. I, I am too. I, I also would accept a sponsorship from both. <laughs> Make sure that's known. I mean, we could just turn this into like we could we could have ice cream off Dairy Queen. You bring you give us free free ice yeah. cream too. We'll just we'll taste test it all. Yeah, we'll line them up, knock them down. Yeah, we could get the hair razors guy. They love t- taste testing things. We could. Yeah, we could, absolutely. We, we could line this up. This we is, can make this a thing. Yeah, this is gonna happen. It's gonna be tough to beat SDSU dairy ice cream though. That's How true. did we get here? Where uh, Dallas, Dallas? This is what Dallas. you're looking for. you you led us astray how could you keep us on track and you're just derailing us to talk about he gets us wound up on culvers and now he's messaging us you're at 55 minutes hurry hurry the hell up (laughs) you're the one i have have no accountability here i'm just pushing buttons oh man that's outstanding i'm I'm desperately looking for the missouri valley uh schedule to throw up on the screen too just to Oh, oh, just go to the Missouri Valley is, website, valleyfootball.org. Valley you should give MapQuest directions, Ben. Just go there's there. A, there's a dash in there, valley-football.org. How to get to Watertown. Drive to Watertown. Oh, thank you. Anyway, let's move on because we're running up on an hour, and as always, we want to stay under an hour, but we never will. Yep. So we're, we got past the UNI-Youngstown State game. We're going to USD. They get to play football this weekend. And Illinois State, they also get to play football this weekend. Congratulations to them. Um, USD is a six-and-a-half-point underdog at Illinois State. What do you think about that game? I will take Illinois State. I don't have any faith in the USD quarterback situation. What is that situation? It is. It, it's – well, from – from what I've gathered, I haven't. I guess I haven't looked into it too deeply this off season. I know it wasn't one of those things where you hear, like you know, you kind of hear if somebody's a stud playing out there, you know, coming up through the ranks. It's always kind of oh, but watch out for this guy, and then you roll their eyes, and they end up being good, unfortunately, and then you're mad. Um, they don't really have that, and they're doing the same roster thing that we did, except. We had two quarterbacks that actually played and played well in a, in a young guy who obviously proved it. They have three guys who I don't think have played at all. So I'm just not sold on it. And going to Illinois State, who's really upset about the Missouri sure. State game. Yeah, they were. Made, made comments about it. Like, they were, they were hot. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I'm sure USD was disappointed about not playing last week but i really think that illinois state's gonna be pissed and they're gonna take it out on the coyotes and god that'll just be a shame it will be it will be yeah i will Um, will. it's boring but i'm also gonna take illinois state um i think they cover a touchdown against usd if it was at usd i think it's different but going to illinois state i think illinois state's got a pretty good team this year they could take care of business. Um, let's go to the NDSU at Southern Illinois game. I haven't told you the spread on this one. Oh, no, I did mm-hmm. tell you already. Uh, Southern oh, Illinois. Oh, probably not. You never do. 16-point no. dogs. Southern Illinois is against NDSU. 
What are your thoughts here? NDSU only covered, you know, they only scored 25 points. However, yeah, you got a Southern Illinois team playing a second or third string quarterback. Boy, you know, you got to think Nolan probably comes out and plays better. Um, you know, I mean, when their radio guys are having to come on their their daily shows and, and defend the guys. So, you know, he's hearing it. You got to think he's going to play better, but I don't. This offense just doesn't look like they're built to put up a lot of points. But I don't think Southern Illinois is going to be able to run the ball that well, so they're going to have to pass. Uh, I'll I'll take NDSU, and they'll make me fall behind in the rankings further because that's what they just do to me. I'm going to take NDSU as well. Again, boring, but 16 points is reasonable. I think they win by 17-plus. I think that their offense gets on track a little more. Um, and like you said, with the, the quarterback injury problems, um, Southern Illinois really relies on the quarterback. I mean, they, they normally are slinging it all over the field. If they don't have a reliable quarterback, they're going to struggle. So especially against that NDSU defense. And we saw how many points UND put up against Southern Illinois. So I'm going to I'm going to roll with NDSU in this one. Those were turnover aided points, though, remember they were. However, I think NDSU can probably turn over the ball against a third-string Southern Illinois quarterback as well. So we'll see. True. The other Missouri Valley game besides ours is Missouri State at Western Illinois. Uh, Missouri State is a favorite. They're favored by four points. I wonder when we'd have to go back and look, but I bet it's been a while since Missouri State's been favored in a game. It would have had to been one of the years that they played Indiana State when they were really bad. That's what I was going to say. Indiana State's probably the only one they would have been ever been favored again. But so that's, I don't know, big deal for them. We'll see if yeah. Petrino comes out firing. Um, I don't think Western's going to be very good this year. Um, and I think, um, I'm just going to go with Missouri State. I just, even though Karma says they should lose just for how they did the last time, it is it is poetic that the two teams that canceled games have to play each other this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I do th- I do think uh, Western Illinois might be a little bit of a mess, so I'm going to take Missouri State to eke one out here. What was the line? You just said uh, they were favored. You didn't say by how much. Four. Four. I think I said that, but maybe not. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take Western Illinois. Are you? I'm going to take the points. Yeah, give me the points. Okay. I'll take Missouri State. I think uh, Petrino's going to have some new stuff rolling in there, and I think they've, uh, you know, they, they've they always been kind of the running joke at the bottom of the Missouri Valley, but I think, they're, I think they've got something going. Um, I think they'll be a little better this year. I'm going to take them uh, minus four. You know what? I, w- I want to take – I want to change my pick back. You um, – <laughs> You can't. I, I want to. I just thought of something that they were talking okay. about up here today. Southern Illinois has be, this better be good. This is good. Southern yeah. Illinois hasn't been able to practice very much because they don't. They're have not playing Southern Illinois. So. I know, but do you think Western Illinois has an indoor facility they can practice in? Oh, Missouri State's yeah. been able to practice, so I'm going to take Missouri State. You're saying Western Illinois hasn't been able to practice much? Not outside, not full. So go ahead and give me. Give me the bears. We're gonna bear down. Look at that. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you. If you 
you start changing your picks after I make my pick and make good points. <laughs> this is not this is not how this works. What? Why not? What oh, is that why you have me go first so I could lay out the game for you and then you can choose from there? Well, usually we go back and forth, but you've been just offering to go first, so I'll just let you. That's uh, so, true. Last year we did. The final Valley game of the week is the big one. We've got it's number, what are we, up to three, number three, SDSU versus number 14, UND. And the spread is eight. We are favored by eight at UND, which is... Uh, a lot, I think. You know, it's like I think it's kind of like the last week the spread came out at six, it ended up settling back down around two and a half. You know, I think this one starts at eight, it'll probably come down, but we're picking it at eight. So, what do you? I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think, oh man, this is tough though. I do think we win. I, I'm scared that UND's offense is pretty good, uh, but like you said, it was pretty it was turnover rated, um, and I I think that after the first two turnovers that we had against UNI, I think we cleaned that up a little bit. I think we take care of the ball. I think our defense dominates. I think we win by 17. I'll even give you a score. I'm going to go 31 to 14. That is. That's fair. Um, this line's tough because I could definitely see us winning by eight, but at the same time, um, I could see it being a close matchup. Uh, you know, it, it it's so weird. There, that game had so many turnovers in it. It's kind of hard to judge. Is Southern Illinois actually good, or did UND just take out a really good team? You know, are, is UND that good? And watching them, they like to spread you out, run the ball out of the spread, and then they'll hit these little bubble screens and short passes, and then they'll get your corners creeping up on that, and then they try to hit you over the top. Um, I don't know how consistent they'll be on hitting that deep one, um, and I don't know how much time they'll have to get the ball off but their offensive line looked pretty decent. They could put some points up on us. I think they probably have a better offense than you and I, but I don't think their undersized defense is going to hold up for a full game of getting pounded by Pierre Strong. So it's entirely probable that we could just run the ball down their throats and put up just Pierre Strong as a monstrous game, and we win by 25 going away but it's also entirely possible. We have a hard time picking up the billions of different blitzes that they like to run. And then we get bogged down and then we're in a dogfight, which could happen because you know, they're going to throw extra sauce on it when they've got a, when we've got a true freshman starting back there, they're going to do everything they can to confuse him. So um, I think if Gronowski handles that really well, then I think we have a good shot of winning that, you know, beating that spread. If, he has a little bit of a harder time and they fool him a bunch and get some opportunistic t- turnovers because they bait him in some things, then we might have a tougher game. Um, but I'm going to put my faith in Mark. We trust, and I'm going to put my face in Gronowski and I'll take the Jacks at plus eight, which is God, that's a big line to take. Minus eight. Minus eight. Yeah. That one. 
Yeah, it is a big line. And, you know, you talked about some of the blitzing they do. Um, one thing Stig mentioned is the different formation that they use. They use a three three down lineman and four linebacker formation, mm-hmm. which is a little different. And they like to bring blitzes from all over the field. Yep. Um, and so that'll definitely be a challenge for Gronowski and our offensive line to try to protect him. Um, so that'll be definitely be something to watch. And, you know, you mentioned their speed. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if they look that fast against us, you know, because yep. I think our defense has some speed too. Um, and, and our offense too. Um, you know, it, one thing I look for um, is whether uh, I lost my train of thought there, but um, what I was going to say, yeah, what I was going to say was that gal what was i gonna say you're talking um, about the speed that they had on defense and we have speed on offense and defense certainly um yeah i lost it completely well, I, well let's I, let's bring dallas in because i would like to get his back him up pick. yeah we want your join you to you're, pick on this too. you're on the beating podcast drafted. you gotta at least pick the jacks game we're oh, all about man. the picks. You got to pick the Jacks. I got to pick I... one. That's the one I got to pick, huh? Yeah. Against the spread. I mean, Against you can pick all of them if you want. I. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take the Jacks on that one. I. I think that honestly, our. We've got, uh, by all accounts, the best offensive line we've ever had, and they are. Yeah. They're, they're skilled. They're fast. Um, you know, they are small up front. Uh, UND is. And then you touched on it, Ben, started to there, but, you know, Stig mentioned all the different looks and it wasn't just blitzes. I mean, the number of stunts and and, and the way that they change up mm-hmm. gaps is just remarkable to the point where when Stig was showing film, I mean, heck, what did it take him? It took him 10 plays before we actually saw the base defense, right? Because there was right. so much other garbage. And then he finally said, oh, by the way, this is actually their base three, four, but you never see it. So anyway, a lot of that stuff, I can see how that that can overwhelm and confuse an awful lot of offenses. I think our O-line is too good. I think we wear them down. I'll take us minus eight. I dig it. And, you know, with all the, with the split, the the stunting and slanting and blitzing and everything like that, that opens up big opportunities to gash somebody. Once you get past that first level, if they blitz, you got a lot of, a lot of green to go. So the only thing is going to be kind of... Great makes week one guy miss. Oh, sorry. He he can do that well. No, I like it. Yeah, I think I I do think we'll see Pierre eat quite a bit this game. I remembered what I was going to say is that you and I's running back looked really fast too, but he was never able to get going. And so, you know, it sounds like they've got two really good, really fast running backs. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see if we can continue our dominance against the run because that's it was a purely dominant defensive performance against the run, um, especially you know with a good UNI team. Um, so I, I'll be I'll be looking to see if we can stop them before they get get going down the field and are able to use that speed. Yeah, and you know we're gonna have to be ready because they're gonna come out swinging. I don't think they're gonna be resting back on we beat Southern Illinois. I think they're still gonna be coming out with. Uh, like a team trying to prove something. I think they're going to be trying to prove themselves all year and they're going to be just as amped up and just as wound up for that game as this game as they were. Cause I mean, let's be honest, if 
when they're getting that trash talk to them by any Valley fan, you're they're getting told you're not going to be able to beat SDSU or NDSU or UNI. Like those are the three you get told no. sometimes Illinois State. Specifically that that defense, they just played angry. I mean, they yeah. they looked mad the whole game. I, I it yeah, was it really was how they carried that emotion the whole game was like usually that fizzles out after the first couple series and they carried they were pissed the whole game. It was fun to watch. It really was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago. I was trying to find the year, but we went up to UND and struggled. And I did we even lose up there the last time we went up there? No. I believe they almost beat us, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It was a good game. I'm trying to make, man, maybe it's time flies. I cannot find it. So it's been a while. I feel like it was just last year, but it definitely wasn't. So who knows when it was, but it's it's always a, a different place to play, and, and it, they seem to play very well at home. So it'll be it's going to be a test for us certainly, and I think yeah, it's it's just not going to be an easy game by any means. And I think you know, like I said, I think the spread will end up even less than a touchdown, um, and so at that point, it's it's a uh, it's anybody's game. Absolutely, to steal something from the A team. Absolutely. Dallas, do you have any, uh, how angry are you us? Are you with us for going way over an hour? He tried, people. It's not his fault. Well, and I, I did drag it. To, I derailed the train. I'm just as <laughs> No, not, not angry in the slightest. Uh, I have enjoyed you allowing me to join your party. This is fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's every week. We appreciate it having you on. It's been, it's been good. And, uh, you, you definitely helped out a lot. So, Thank you, Dallas. Absolutely. With that, absolutely. Yeah, it is. I don't, I don't know that we. I don't know whether that we have anything else. So we'll end it like we always do. Go big, go blue. Go, go Jazz. This has been the B Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're gonna give her our A effort but we are the B team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math words. There's, you throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now here's Ben and Brandon. 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 Now here's Ben and Brandon. Here's Bren. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. 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 <laughs>